What is the number one way to build your team's company culture? On this episode, we're going to be breaking down step-by-step the exact actionables that you can use in your business today to improve 100% your company culture. Hey, what's up, you guys? Jeff Cohn here again with another episode of the Team Building Podcast, where we interview top team leaders, broker owners, and thought leaders from across the country. Really excited for this episode today that's going to be speaking on team culture, how to build a team across all verticals, real estate, mortgage, title, insurance, property management, and investing, and keeping culture at the core. So first and foremost, I want to share my story. Um, I was an agent starting in 2006. Um, My intention was to help as many buyers and sellers as possible um, in their buying and selling process. Um, I did that for 60 to 80 hours a week for five consecutive years. And in 2011, I launched my first team, our flagship team, Omaha's Elite Real Estate Group in Omaha, Nebraska. Um, Originally, that team was at an indie brokerage, and then we ended up partnering with Berkshire Hathaway um, up until about 2020, where we launched our own brokerage, which is KW Elite, which is a Nebraska Keller Williams franchise. Uh, The real estate team in 2011 was launched, and it grew from 70 to 700 sales in six years, making it the fastest growing real estate team in history across all brokerage flags and the number one team in the world in 2018 at Berkshire Hathaway. So team culture played a major role in our success. Uh, First and foremost, we were a culture of success. So I'm going to share a few strategies today of things we did that I would suggest you do um, while you're building and scaling a dominant team in your marketplace. So the first thing that I want to talk about um, is actually outlined in a great book called The Dream Manager. And the idea uh, behind this specific topic is to help the people in your organization, both admin and um, paid uh, salespeople, the ability to dream bigger. And with that dream, it answers the main question that all of us have when we go to work every day is why are we doing this? Why are we sacrificing? Why are we putting in the extra hours? Why are we choosing to work with people that are sometimes challenging to work with both colleagues and clients. And in the book, The Dream Manager, it takes you through a story of an entrepreneur that owns a janitorial company with over 700 employees. And this particular gentleman is struggling with retention. And he thinks the answer is paying more money. And I think oftentimes as leaders, we think that's our answer as well. We're giving our agents better value or giving them a better split or providing a cool office or a neat podcast studio or whatever the case might be. So instead of just handing out free money, they decided they would do a survey for all of the people within the organization to determine what is it that they really needed to retain and attract more people. What they came to discover is it had nothing to do with money. Um, In their particular industry, as it was pertained to janitorial services, they had a challenge with transportation. A lot of the individuals didn't own their own vehicles. And so they'd use public transportation, but a lot of times as a janitor, your work is done during night hours from 10 p.m. to 8 a.m., and public transportation doesn't usually run in most places in those hours. And so instead of the company paying an extra $2 an hour per employee across 700 employees, they decided to purchase several vehicles and and hire drivers and provide people transportation, and their retention went way up. And the same thing happened about a year or two later. Um, again, they were struggling with retention and they thought, Hey, maybe we need to pay more money. And they reminded themselves, well, Hey, the last time we discovered it was transportation. Maybe it's not transportation or sorry, maybe the issue isn't the money again. And there's something else. 
And they came to realize, and this shouldn't come as a shocker, most people don't grow up and want to be a janitor when they grow up. While most people grow up, they want to be doctors, dentists, they want to own a restaurant, they want to be an artist, they have other dreams and aspirations. And so it's important as leaders that we also recognize not everyone wants to be an admin, not everyone wants to be a showing assistant, um, not everyone wants to be a buyer's agent when they grow up. I'm doing air quotes for those not watching. Um, they might want something else. And so it's coming to the realization as a leader that your company may end up being a stepping stone to launch individuals that are both salespeople and admin into their next career. And so in reference to Dream Manager, one of the specifics that uh, they found in this second survey was that individuals didn't want to be janitors when they grew up. They wanted to do that next thing. And so what would be the best thing as a rhetorical question, what would be the best thing you could do today to help somebody that was a janitor or an admin or a showing assistant become the next thing that they want to become? First, you'd have to know what it was that they wanted to become. Then once you knew that, you'd have to help train them on how to become that said thing, get licensed to be in that new role, uh, raise the capital to be in that new role, possibly move across the country to be able to do that specific thing. And so ultimately, they needed a life coach and they needed a financial advisor. And they ended up calling that position a dream manager. In our world, we call that position a success manager. And so across any successful business, um, as we've gone in and consulted for thousands of teams across every vertical over the last 10 years, we have found that one of the patterns that has stayed consistent as it pertain, pertains to company culture is that there is someone within the organization that serves in that dream manager capacity. Again, we call that success manager, but you can call it whatever you want. It might just be the team leader. But there is an intentional desire to help people become a better version of themselves. And so from a cultural standpoint, the way we found that works the best is first and foremost in helping people become more self-aware, become more self-actualized. Um, Harvard Business did a review of the top 1,000 CEOs across the United States, and they wanted to ask each CEO um, to choose one word that best explained what makes their greatness, what creates their greatness or what their superpower was. And you might use gregarious, determined, hardworking, you know, the list might go on and on and on. What they discovered out of the top thousand CEOs is self-awareness, um, self-actualization was the main component to those CEOs' success. And so we work with all of the agents and admin within our organization to help them determine what it is exactly they're here for. What is their goal? What are their aspirations? And how can we become a vehicle to allow them to accomplish those things? And we do it by helping them create vision boards. And so in a vision board, the idea is that um, an individual would come up with imagery, either digital or analog, cutting out of a magazine. They'd create a board, either digitally or analog. You've seen these boards before on huge poster paper. It could just be on a little screensaver on a computer screen, and they just grab digital images off of a Google search. It doesn't matter. But what does matter is it's not just an image. So for example, something personally in my world, I would like, I will be acquiring a boat that is, that's sailable on the ocean. I don't know if it will be a monohull, um, or if it'll be a catamaran, but I want, I'm going to buy something between 42 feet and 48 feet and keep it in the Virgin Islands or in Florida. So just having the boat on my vision board, it is exciting to think, oh, one day I know I'm going to own that boat, but that's not enough. I also need to know which boat am I going to buy? How much does that boat cost? 
How much money am I going to save every week, every month, every year from um, the income I'm generating to save on the side to go towards the boat? Where am I going to store it? Who am I going to buy it from? When am I going to use it? I have to think through all of these processes to make it a reality. I then need to have a success manager who holds me accountable to doing all of those activities on a weekly basis so that over the next 12 months to five years, I actually can check something off my vision board. I can literally remove the boat because I've acquired it and then replace it with something else. And where we found greatness takes place, it's in accomplishing the goal, not because we've checked it off the list or removed it from the vision board, is it gives someone space to dream bigger. It gives someone that space to add a new item and it doesn't have to be something materialistic. It could be hiking um, a 14 or in Colorado, it could be something much different than maybe isn't directly tied to money, but it gives somebody the ability to dream bigger about something that they hadn't already had space to dream about because they were still trying to accomplish that first thing. So every December, and actually we probably start it more in October, November, we start talking about vision boards and reminding agents and staff to put together their vision board. And then everyone in the organization takes turns presenting all of the month of January in our weekly team meetings. And so we'll go around the first 10 or 15 minutes and each person will present their vision board. They'll present the items that are on it. And usually there's probably 15 to 20 images that represent different areas of someone's life. Um, I like Rose Thomas, a good friend of mine, Rock Thomas's wife, talks about gardens and how I think everyone has nine different gardens. Gary Keller has the one thing book. I think he talks about four or five different quadrants and you've got your job, you have your business, you have your health, health and wellness, and that could be physical and mental. Um, you have your hobbies. And so in my quadrants, I actually have business, um, I have job, um, and my businesses include wealth. And then I have personal life, which is my hobbies and, and my personal relationships. And then I have spiritual uh, spiritual and physical health in another quadrant. And then I have the items that I'm going to do, obviously, every daily, weekly, monthly, yearly, and a person that holds me accountable to that. From a cultural standpoint, I know I've spent a lot of time on this specific one. Everything else comes off of this. And what I mean by that is when you're holding an accountability meeting, with your agent or your staff member, and you feel like they're falling short. Um, let's say that they had said they want to sell 36 homes and you're able to reverse engineer those 36 homes. You know, it's going to take 150 outbound cold calls, for example, to sell one house and they need to sell 36 houses. Then you just take 36 times 150. You divide that over 52 weeks or 50 weeks if they want to take two weeks off, whatever the case might be, to each individual person. But now you have a quantifiable number that that person has committed to, to doing, uh, their key performance indicator of what activity are they going to do on a daily basis that they can be held accountable for. It's a scorecard. And if they don't do that activity, then they're not going to get the sale. And if they don't get the sale, they're not going to generate the revenue. And if they don't generate the revenue, then there's a lot of items on their vision board they're not going to be able to check off the board. So instead of having an accountability meeting where I say, hey, Johnny, why didn't you make your calls? And Johnny's going to make an excuse. That's give me an excuse for why you didn't make your calls. And everyone justifies why they don't choose to work hard. Everyone has good reasons to share with you as to what excuse they had as to why they didn't do the activity. So instead of saying, why didn't you do the activity? We ask, what item do you want to remove from your vision board? Because what we have found is there's a direct correlation to work. The consequence of work is result. Result is what's on the vision board. It's how someone chooses they want to use the money that they're generating to live and lead the lifestyle. 
I think oftentimes a lot of us are victims of not choosing to be self-actualized, not asking ourselves, why are we driving the revenue? And so we have the money and we have no idea why we're generating the money. There's other people that they have all these ideas, a million ideas of what they want to do with the money, but they aren't self-actualized in the activities they need to be doing, the KPIs that they need to be executing on to generate the money. So when you put that together, you're going to have the strongest company culture ever because people are going to come to realize that your company is the vehicle for them being able to check things off their vision board. Your organization is the stepping stone to allow somebody to move on and possibly own their own real estate team or mortgage company, or title company, or restaurant, or whatever the case is that they're trying to do. The reverse to this is when we find that somebody's not plugging in, they're not self-actualized, they're not putting in the work, they're not creating a vision board, they think it's silly, they just kind of want to play defense and wait for stuff to come to them, we realize they're not a good fit for our organization. And what our intentionality is, is not to fire them, we want to release them back into the work world so that they can find somewhere that can become that, that can serve as that instrument to allow them to become a better version of themselves. We truly want people to know, what do you want to accomplish in life? And if our organization is not the solution to allow them to eventually check things off their vision board, then of course they shouldn't stay inside of our organization. Um, as a DI, I'm 99D99I. It was always really hard for me to watch people come into my organization and end up not make and not being successful. Um, some would choose to leave, some would be asked to leave, but either way, I took things and I continue to take things personal. I want everyone that comes into our world to plug in to our training. I want them to plug into accountability. I want them to read books, listen to podcasts, mastermind, become the best versions of themselves. And when they don't, I take it personal because I feel like our process has failed them. The truth of the matter is they have failed themselves by choosing to not plug into the processes we've created. And that's not necessarily they've done something wrong. It's just our processes and the systems that we've built aren't a good fit for them. And that's okay. And coming to that realization for as a high eye has brought a lot of peace I feel like to me internally to know that I'm giving everything I can give as a leader. I'm providing all of the systems, the processes, the culture, the leads, the accountability to help everyone become the best versions of themselves, but they have to choose to walk the path. You can lead a horse to water, but you can't make it drink is that old adage. So thank you for sticking around for this episode on how to build company culture. Um, I'm very confident that if you implement the strategy of using vision boards and helping those within your organization become more self-aware and self-actualized, um, helping them come up with their key performance indicators, holding them accountable to actually accomplishing those weekly, monthly, and yearly tasks, individuals will be able to check things off their board They'll be able to replace those with even, even bigger and grander goals, and they'll choose to stay in your organization because you're truly leading them to become the best version of themselves, and they will live and lead the life of their dreams by being inside of your world. And to me, there's nothing more fulfilling than that. Um, if you'd like more information about how to build better company culture, as well as the other top 11 strategies to building and scaling a dominant team in your marketplace, you can click on the link in the show notes and we have a free PDF outline. It's our elite team building guide. We're going to make available to you free of charge. Thank you again for following the team building podcast. We look forward to you listening to more episodes in the future. 